When Aragon's eyes opened, the memory of Garrow's death crashed down on him. Book 1, Aragon, Chapter 15, Saddlemaking, and Chapter 16, Theron's Ford. Welcome to Aragon and Back Again, a podcast where we explore Christopher Paolini's inheritance cycle one chapter at a time. I'm Lucy Hart. And I'm Darian Smart. And we are back once again yes. to tackle a kind of chapter where nothing really happens again. Uh, <laughs> uh, apologies to our listeners for briefly going bi-weekly. Yes. We assure you that is not a regular intent. Things have happened. Life got crazy. Life gets in... Life finds a way, yes. one might say. <laughs> But, yes, we're back. We are going to be recording, well, multiple back-to-back episodes in a row. You don't need to know how many guests. <laughs> but, yes, uh, but first, sparks of inspiration. Sparks of inspiration. You know, I think I had one and then I lost it, unfortunately. Let me see if I can remember it. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yes, go oh, ahead. Uh, my spark of inspiration is that I went to my very first Pride Festival, where we're at, obviously, in the U.S., June is Pride Month. But for a plethora of reasons, where we're at, our Pride Festival is celebrated in September. So I just got to go, and I got to go with my girlfriend. Yay! And it was very wonderful, and I just enjoyed my time immensely, and got to see some incredible drag performances, and got to just talk to a lot of cool people, and hang out with a lot of her friends, and just have really great conversations. And just the, the inspiration is wanting to celebrate this community I'm a part of and tell stories that reflect the joy oh, of the community. Yeah. So, yes, that's mine. Just no, wanting I'm... to tell stories and celebrate all that. The thing that make the stories that I didn't have when I was a kid and not fully aware of my own identity because what I experienced, I didn't see in yeah. stories and the queer narratives I saw did not reflect mine. So I just thought I wasn't. Yeah. I very much am. Yep. No, I agree, because just, like, a little bit of my experience when Mm -hmm. I went last year, like, that was something that struck me when I went last year was just the joy that was there and, like, people being themselves and Mm -hmm. not afraid to be themselves. And that was just, for me, it was so awesome to be there. So definitely resonate with you there. Like, that's 100% Mm -hmm. um, the vibe. And I'm like, yes, that's also something that I want to portray as well. So definitely understand. As far as my inspiration go, I think I'm just going to go with, like, the books I just finished. I think I talked about that in our last episode, the Mm -hmm. Hunter books. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I... The Hunter book's really great. Plot is wonderful. But I think the inspiration I'm going to go to is the inspiration of the read something and be like, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it really did show me, like, again, the books are really amazing. And I do recommend them if anyone, like, wants to read them. Go ahead and do that. Uh, but the a lot of what the author does is explaining the world and how things work rather than showing. And it was such a stark difference from Aragon mm-hmm. with us being shown everything rather than being yeah. told everything. Because the Aragon book is really immersive. And in the Hunter books, it really felt like I was drawing. It was almost like I was reading a ma- or listening to a manual at some points. Because I was like, this is how the word world works. And this is the da 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 da. And I kept thinking about ways of how I would show that. Yeah. not tell that that's so very it, good so i think like that's my inspiration of just like again really enjoyed the books it did make me re- the at the ending of the book made me super 
like, oh my God, oh, it's so cool yay. and amazing. It's such a good ending. And so I really do, I did really like it. It was just a bit of a slog for me. Like, I don't know if I could have made it through if I was reading it mm, kind of mm-hmm, thing. But it mm-hmm. was, I do really like them. And the narrator did a really good job. She was great. That's always good. Yeah. All right. In that case, let's get into it. And yes. I wrote the chapter summaries. Yay! I remember. <laughs> I wrote them today while I was getting my oil changed. Oh, very good. Time. Yep. So, all right. First chapter. Chapter 15, saddle making. Braum makes a saddle. Yeah. That's all I have yep. to I aggressively hate this chapter. Yeah. I, like, I think the one thing that I do like about this chapter is we kind of get, because, like, for, for from what we know of Braum, he's a storyteller, and then he's kind of, like, frustratingly mysterious, mm-hmm. and in this one you get the fact that Brahm's a little bit shady as well, not just mm-hmm, mysterious, mm-hmm. because it's, like, kind of in the middle, middle-ish, end-ish of the chapter, Aragon thought it over. All right, he grumbled. This is, like, buying horses. And then we'll get horses, but you have to buy them. I don't have any money, and I don't want to steal again. It's wrong. And Brahm responds with, that depends on your point of view. Listen, <laughs> I agree with Brahm on that point. I do, I do. It just, for me, it was like, because then he, he does do a really good explanation of, like, the Razak work are the king's servants, and they will they can and will do anything and can get away with anything. Like, higher-ups in the cities, they can do a lot of shit in cities and yeah. not get hit for it. Um, So it's kind of, so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, laws do not stop them. So it's like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. But for me, I was like, hey, Brahm. Like, yeah what are, hey, what, are, what, are, what have you done in your life yeah there is this this is just more and more of the brahm is not obviously not the storyteller he pretended to be yep. nor is he like nor is he anything aragon could guess accordingly mm-hmm. he knows how to make a saddle for a dragon and like and no that's... amount of reading and study teaches you that oh absolutely and i think it's i think it is really a big shock because he's like you know dragons would have had two saddles and that's like okay that is something that he would know and he goes better yet i can make one and you're like what yeah like that is a bit of a shock because it's like again going with the who the hell is this guy mm-hmm. and just how and like going back to your point how do you know how to make one yeah like my problem with this chapter isn't how it demonstrates that Brahm is shady. It does do good Brahm character that characterizing, and I appreciate that. My problem with this chapter is that it gets into some high fantasy tropes that I don't care for. <laughs> Specifically, being hyper-specific and detailed in describing some sort of process of creation a textile. Mm-hmm. I don't need two and a half pages of it describing how Brahm sliced out the pieces and used cords to sew everything together. But for each stitch, two holes had to be bored through the leather and intricate knots rigged in place of buckles. And and I just, I just didn't need that. I just didn't. I could have had Aragon watched as Brahm put together the saddle and, and just, I don't know. And also, I think what also annoys me is that it's its own chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what really annoys me about this. I wouldn't mind so much the description of the saddle making if it wasn't its own chapter. Yeah. Like, trying to make it so important. Like, that's what's getting me here. Mm-hmm. Because the last two, you know, okay, that first one that was like, this was too short, didn't need to be its own chapter. It was still trying to be its own chapter to the tension of the moment. Oh, the egg catching. And then the last one was the the madness of life. Yep. That grief. And that's, that makes sense. Yep. That should be its own chapter. This was some nonsense, Paolini. I don't. Yeah, because I think it was, it was, it's world building in a sense because it's like, 
it does show like how there's a lot of effort that goes into these saddles yeah and that is world building and that is realistic Mm -hmm. but i also go with your i'm like the like i remember reading this like as a kid and like Taking the place of stirrups that were a series of loops running down both bands tightened, they would hold Aragorn's leg in place. And as a kid, I could not fathom what that looked like. I couldn't. And I'm like, now I can. It's a thin strip like this, and they loop around to Mm. hold his legs in place. And so I'm like, I get it. I can see it now. But it literally took me how many years in order to get to the point where I'm like, okay, now I, now I can see it. So it's, it's, it's so intricate. And especially like if this is a young adult, kind of that gray area, like it's so intricate that it could be lost on younger readers that they just don't understand or they kind of zone out. Not saying everyone, everyone's different, Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is like, it's just so detailed packed that it can get. Uh, lost. Yeah. I think it is trying to like describe something that, like, you've literally never seen before. Yeah, you've never seen too. a dragon. You've never seen a saddle on a dragon. Yeah, and also trying to. It's like, oh, well, how do you fly a Pegasus? Yeah, like wild, right? So it's like doing that, where it's mm-hmm. but trying to make it like, how would this work? practically in yep. real life and trying to make it's the thing when we talk about like Safira's like physical presence yeah making this fantastical creature feel so tactile and real yep. but it does it in a way that I don't like yeah this I just don't appreciate that's really all I have to say about this yep. chapter and then the only the other the only other thing that I did want to bring attention to because we talked about it a little bit is he does talk more about the Razak mm-hmm. so we get a little bit more about the Razak and just like how the longer you evade the Razak the more just. Dist- uh, desperate he'll become and just like the king's relationship with the Razak and again highlighting the fact that Aragon you are not safe yeah for real so I think that's that's a couple of that's a couple of things I want to wanted to point out but I also like uh this I just realized I highlighted this uh, it does show Aragon's unwillingness to fly again because he's scared mm. because he doesn't want to hurt himself again and I think that is also real and important as yes well. that like he is yeah that, that's true. That is a good point because he's like, oh, Safira's like, do you want to try it out? He's like, maybe no. later. He's like, not now. Yeah. Not right and he's now. also still healing because it's like they're cracking and stuff. Yeah, he's and, still hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, that's all I can pull out of that. All right. Then we move on to, uh, because Here. this doesn't need to be a 12-minute episode, yeah. uh, we move to our next chapter, Theron's Ford. Yep. Brom delivers some dragon lore as the party begins the journey in earnest. Brom begins training Aragon in the way of the sword, with questionable methods that will be as effective because it's a fantasy book. Arriving at Theron's Ford, Aragon and Brom acquire horses, and Aragon discovers that he can use the same skill he developed communicating with Sephira to reach out to other creatures. Brom gathers information about the Razak before they continue their way. In the evening, Brom begins another totally wise and effective round of sword training. <laughs> Dear listener, you uh, may, may, may perhaps guess my feelings about this particular fantasy trope we are encountering i.e. the sword training (laughs) i don't like it (laughs) i don't like it but anyway (laughs) i feel you just okay so the way brom trains him the sword is like he just throws a stick at Aragon and across the fire. He's like, defend yourself! And Aragon's like, I'm not doing this. So Brom, like, bap, 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 and, like, disarms him. He's like, fine. So Aragon goes at him, and Brom, like, bap, 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 and disarms him, because he's better at yeah. sword fighting. Well, at first, Aragon is like, oh, I'm gonna fucking Hold kick back. your ass, mm-hmm. old man. And then he does it, and then he goes like, okay, well, fine! And yeah. then gets his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. And and it's and Aragon's, like, covered in bruises and really beat up and sore really from it. Up. And... Brahm's like, oh, well, you know, 
it, it like literally at one point <laughs> they're fighting so hard his arm moved in a blur and there was an explosion of pain on the side of aragon's head he collapsed like an empty sack days a splash of cold water roused his, roused him to alertness and he sat up sputtering his head was ringing and there was dried blood on his face Brom stood over him with a pan of melted snow water. You didn't have to do that, Aragon said angrily, pushing himself up. He felt dizzy and unsteady. Brom arched an eyebrow. Oh, a real enemy wouldn't soften his blows, and neither will I. Should I pander to your incompetence so you'll feel better? I don't think so. This isn't how you train a new skill. Yeah. You don't walk into, like, a taekwondo class mm -hmm. and then the 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 sensei the master just kicks your ass like yep. that's i mean maybe if you roll up and be like oh i've seen karate kid i know then maybe the sensei kicks your ass yeah but like this is not how you effectively develop a skill yeah and maybe maybe dear listener if this was just the first time for brahm to really be like aragon i'm better at this than you you would need to know this because you don't know anything and you're going to yep. take this seriously and then later training had more like him being like okay this is how i would be like okay fine this was our crash course starter yeah. lesson one and now we're but no at the end of the chapter it's the same thing yeah i just yeah no it's just it feels very like vaguely like macho s learn through suffering and i'm yeah. like this is not how you develop any skill. Yeah. Like, you don't get good at rock climbing by, like, free soloing your way up a mountain and yeah. dying if you fall. Like, you start with the basics. You learn that... Aragon is not going to learn any technique or skill or or form by this. He's It's just not. He's not going to do it. This is yep. not how you develop a skill in anything. Yep. And it's only, like, because it's... It, they do, like... Brom kind of goes at him and then... Uh, he goes at him, and then, yeah, they, he basically kicks his ass. And I do think, like, an important an important skill that he does is, like, Aragorn turns to... He's like, forget it, I've had enough. And he turns around and walks away. Mm -hmm. And Brom, like, smacks him on the back. And he's like, don't turn your back on an enemy. I'm like, that's a good that, point. That I liked. I yeah. like that. Like, there were moments where I'm like, yes, that works. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think that was... I think you made a really good point there. It's like, there are moments where you're like, okay, yes, okay, yes. But then there are, like, moments where it's... Because, like, Braum, like, hit him so hard. He, he gave blood. him a concussion. Yeah, like, it was Aragon like, The boy has traumatic brain injury. Yeah, and it's like, he like, even he even said, like, uh, what is it? When he straps the... Near the beginning of the chapter, when he straps... Aragon carefully tied Zarok onto her back, too, as he did not want the extra weight besides in his hands the sword would be no better than a club he does have no sword skills yeah and brahm is like merciless and i think like that could also be a point like that could be a point made in brahm is like he knows that aragon has no sword skills yeah. and he needs to pick that up very quickly mm -hmm. but it's also like the fastest way he can think about that is to i mean that could be you could say that again that I could be an argument because it's like knowing like Aragon knowing that Brom will not hold back might force Aragon into trying to, like, how do I block? How do I attack back just as hard because I don't want to get hit because that mm -hmm. fucking hurts kind of thing. And it's like, that. there's, like, arguments there, but mm -hmm. it is very vicious. It's, it's, I'm not even that it's, like, vicious is the problem. I just have, like, it just doesn't seem long-term. Like, the only way Aragon will know how to fight is... He just won't learn skill, technique, yeah. form. And those are the things you develop to learn strategy. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know, like in Percy Jackson, like sometimes when Percy's fighting, Rick Riordan will like describe certain movements and arcs that Percy does. And it's not just slash violent. It's like a move he knows and learned. Yeah. Now, usually uh, Riordan describes it because Percy is fighting Luke and Luke taught him how to fight. So as he mentions that he does yeah. this because Luke's the one that taught him and can very easily disarm him from it. But it still demonstrates how knowing the technique behind a thing isn't just like the proper form, but like knowing what the weapon is actually capable of and what you are capable of while you have it rather than just like flailing blind. I don't know. I I think it, like I said, if this was just the first session to make Aragon get serious about it, bet, but it's, it's literally the Brahms like only technique for training. And I'm like, I don't know my guy. Also they're like, Oh, should I hold back? Because of your incompetence, it's like, like, yeah, he that's, is incom- a, that's a very specific <laughs> word choice you pick to describe someone who has never been taught how to use a it's sword. A farm boy. Like, I don't think, I'm like, and that just, I think that goes back to like, Brom just feels like he's constantly antagonizing Eric. Oh, 100%. Like, constantly just antagonizing and belittling him. And I just don't love it. It mm-hmm. makes me mad. I don't care for Brom at this moment. I'm like, why? Like, incompetence, you could have picked novice. Yeah. Or, or clumsiness or there are break out a thesaurus storyteller man <laughs> and pick a different word yeah because you're just kind of being a and jerk he's antagonizing too mm-hmm. and then again just kind of arguing uh in in on brahm's side please, there, is, please. there is a moment where they're fighting where aragon trying to retreat and they're going around the fire mm-hmm. and brahm shouts pull your arms in keep your knees bent and then continues to give instructions, then pause to show Aragon exactly how to execute a certain move. Okay, I may I missed that. Yeah. I must and then I did, do I did it do it again, but it. this time slowly. They slid through the forms with exaggerated motions before returning to their furious battle. Aragon learned quickly, but no matter what he tried, he could not hold Brom off for more than a few blows. Okay. I completely missed that passage. Oh no! <laughs> I like I read I just com- I think I was just like Ugh. I just get through this. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. And I, I, I absolutely missed that. That's exactly what I was saying. I wanted like, yeah. fine, make him take it seriously, but actually show. And he is. All right. Bet. Fine. <laughs> but also is... Pearl would never, when training Connie in Steven universe, this is not to do it for her. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And it, it's, it's, and I think like that's, that's thing. Cause it's like Brom is just comes at Aragon so hard. And I think it is, it is a bit like, whoa, like what the hell dude. But then like, again, like he does, Never turn your back on an enemy and then pull your arms in. Keep mm-hmm. your knees bent. And he's still coming at him in the harsh way because he's not like, okay, stop. You need to make sure to pull your arms in. You know, keep your be- knees bent. Loosen yep. up. He's shouting it while they're yeah, going yeah, at it. Okay. So he's still coming at him very strong. And then that still was like, like when the they... machismo of it. Yeah. <laughs> when mm-hmm. they finished, Aragon flopped on his blankets and groaned. He hurt everywhere. Brom yeah. had not been gentle with his stick. And then I like Safira laughing at him. Yeah, this is That's charming. very good. I like Safira just like continuing to come up with like the very snappy, like oh, yeah. just showing her personality of being this like mm-hmm. snassy, sassy blue ja- dragon. I'm yeah. here for it. Oh, and it's funny because like Aragon, when she makes the sound, she let a long coughing growl and curled her lip until a formidable row of teeth showed. What's wrong with you? He demanded irritably. Nothing, she replied. It's just funny to see a hatchling like you beaten by the old one. She made the sound again, and Aragon turned red as he realized that she was laughing. Yep. That's delightful. They're like, oh my god, dragons laugh. Dragons like, laugh. It's so funny. She's like, it's just really funny to see an old guy kick your ass. And she's mm-hmm. like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of dragons, I did jump ahead because I just needed to get out my annoyance and yeah. this sort of stuff. But we get a whole ass lore dump. Yeah, we do. And it's so funny how it works. Because Aragorn asks, so what exactly can dragons do? You mm-hmm. said that you knew something of their abilities. And he's <laughs> Brom goes off on like, oh, dragons are mysterious, though maybe not on purpose. But before I can truly answer your question, you need a basic education on the subject of dragons. It's hopelessly confusing to start in the middle of a such a complex topic without understanding the foundation on which it stands. I'll begin with the life cycle of dragons. And my, my note is, this is just an excuse to do dragon lore. Yeah. Like, it's not answering. It's like, literally, it's like, this is how dragons lay their eggs. And um, they don't hatch uh, right away. And the formed alliance of the elves. And it's literally just to give us this, like, backstory about, like, the dragon. Like, or specifically, like, why Saphira hatched for Aragon. Yeah. Like, and it, it kind of demonstrates that it's not a coincidence that she hatched. Like, it wasn't just, oh, timing happened to be, like, yeah. dragons essentially control when they are ready to hatch. Yep. And she hatched for Aragon. Yep. Which is great. And I actually do think that's a good way to do it. I just think uh, yeah. the simplest of, like, we can't just start in the middle. Oh, I need to tell you about dragon life style. Yeah. I, don't, I just think that's very funny. Yeah, it's very... I, mm-hmm. I, I really like it because I'm like, it honestly makes sense is, like, these mm-hmm. dragons of being this, like, mysterious, like, beings. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, it would make... My brain is like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that they're eggs... Like, the the hatchling in the eggs. Or I guess they wouldn't be hatchlings at that point. But they would be in the eggs and, like, under have, like, a vague understanding of the world around him. Yeah. To, like, be like, oh, now's not the time to hatch. Like, especially when they were in the wild is, like, there's not enough food around. I'm just gonna kind of hold up and wait a bit. And that also kind of gives a little bit of, like... How Safira found as an as a not an adult dragon, but grown, how she was able to find the clearing again when mm-hmm. she flew back. Because Aragorn was like, I don't know how she knew about this place. And it's like, it's because Safira there, had a level of awareness. awareness of mm-hmm. what's around her. Yeah, and I like that. I like that bit of the the lore making it so like dragons, well the like the the eggs that were given to writers aren't just, oh, well, this is, you're just assigned to a writer. It's like, no, you have to be picked by yep. one. A I dragon do. picks you, and I think that's a really interesting power yep. dynamic. And I do like how he says, like, people would line up to touch in, uh, touch an egg in uh, the hopes that it would hatch. Like, I do really like that. Which is so interesting, because mm-hmm. it implies that some eggs would hatch immediately, and Saphira's definitely didn't. Yeah. Which I would say, like, actually is explained by the fact that she wasn't sure if she was safe yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good point. I think it, it I think in that situ in the situation that Brahm explains is like the eggs would feel safe because in that time they were. Yeah. And so and it's also like if we think about it, Safira just came out of like if she's aware, she probably experienced the elf woman's terror and mm-hmm. all of that that happened. So yeah, she probably didn't feel safe at all until Aragon. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, Aragorn also asks who the who was the writer that owned uh, Zarak, a mighty warrior, said Brom, who's feared in who's much feared in his time and held great power. What was his name? I'll not say. I don't want to keep you arrogant. Far from it. But certain knowledge will only prove to you don't want to keep him er- uh, ignorant, huh? Is that it, Brom? Is that what you're saying, Brom? Really? Really? And where are you from, Brom? How do you know this, Brom? What's your deal, Brom? <laughs> So I'm over it. Yeah. We're 165 pages into the book in my uh, edition, and I'm over it. Yeah. I do like the fact that he goes, like, knowing what 
I know yeah. of the books of everything, it's like, um, would only prove dangerous and distracting for you right now. And I'm like, uh-huh. You sure that, you don't want to explain? It? Is that it? Bruh? Is that actually All it? right. I'm going to highlight that in purple. <laughs> <laughs> but they end up in Ferensford where they just get some horses. Yep, they buy some horses. They buy, and it's and like... Brom's really... Sorry, go on, Luce. No, I was going to say, like, oh, before they get in there, they the, they get robbed, quote, robbed oh, right. at the bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something that I thought was really interesting because, like, I listened to it first and then I go back through and highlight. And it's uh, Brom's... Or Aragorn's like, why didn't you haggle? He skinned you alive. Um, he probably doesn't even own the bridge. We could have pushed right by them. And Brom's like, probably. And he goes, and why pay him? And Brom goes, because you can't argue with all the fools in the world. It's easier to let them have their way than trick them when they're not paying attention. Brom opened his hand and a pile of coins glinted in the light. In the audiobook, Aragon says, you cut his purse. Aragon exclaimed. In the book, it says, you stole those. I have, you cut his purse. Yeah. In this book, it's, you stole those. I wonder what, does it say what edition yours is? Uh, I can take a look, but it was, it was really interesting. I have, my edition is from October 2006, I think, because I have uh, one of the book editions, or the, the movie edition. I'm seeing 2000, copyright at 2002. Yeah, look. 2003. Yeah, see if there's a bottom of that page. 2005, first uh, trade paper map paperback edition april 2005 okay uh go to the very bottom underneath the random house teens and then the isbn numbers does it say uh date there here i'm gonna just Interesting. i wonder if mine is a later edition i think so because i feel like you st- i don't know i like you cut his purse better than you stole those yeah because it's i don't know it language wise i just yeah. sounds nicer but i also think it's more Ad- accurate to what Aragon would have been saying, which yeah. isn't accusing him of stealing, but like realizing what he had done, yeah. which is you cut it, you got that. You, yep, you, 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 cut the, you cut his purse. Yeah, and again, that kind of like another mark goes into Brom being shady mm-hmm. area because Brom is like that was some pretty good like I'd, talking D and D terms. That was a pretty good sleight of hand. That my was dude. a great <laughs> sleight of hand roll. Um, yep. But yeah, I like that. And then they go into town to buy horses. And I'm like, Snowfire, you mean Shadow Facts? There it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this guy's prized horse. Yep. He's like, loves it so much. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to sell this horse. Like, my intent is to, like, sire him out like this. And Brom is just so insistent. He has to have, have this that horse. horse. Yep. And okay. I do, I do like that he goes... He goes, what would you, like, if I were to buy Snowfire, what, uh, how much would you do? And the guy's like, 200. And Brom's like, all right, here's 200. And the guy's like, well, shit. (laughs) I I did not think he would say it. Yeah. All right, fine. But then Brom says, he's your, the guy's like, he's yours, though I go against my heart. I will treat him as if he were sired by Gildentor, the greatest steed of legend. Yeah, that's some goofy fantasy world nonsense that I actually do love. Yeah, and I do, and I think that does help the, the, I, I'm pretty sure there's a word to describe someone who sells and breeds and raises horses, but it's Mm -hmm. not coming to my brain right now. But I think it does, uh, Haberth is his name. I think it does, like, help him be like, okay, like, this guy's gonna. He says, yes, your words gladden me. Yeah, he's like, Like, you're gonna treat my, you're gonna treat Snowfire. You know horses, then, if you know about the name of the steed of legend. So, okay. And you also just gave me 200 coins. So, like, it'd be stupid of me not to sell you this horse. Yep, absolutely. 
Because I think, like, mm-hmm. if Braum had come in, like, boasting about wanting the strongest horse or, like, being an asshole about it, I'm pretty sure her... her uh, he could have got from 500. He'd been like, no. I think, no, like, even if he's, like, 200, he's like, no, I changed my mind. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, he just Make it 400. Been, wouldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. I don't... It's... It's just, I think it's also, like, another, like, Rom's kind of weird. Oh, Because you don't, you don't need, I mean, because Aragon just gets a good horse. He's a yep. good mare. Yeah, it, if Snowfire is way faster than the mare, it doesn't really matter, Brom. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't leave Aragon behind, so, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, hey, Brom. Hey, Brom. Why did you need the horse, Brom? <laughs> hmm? He just, it was a really pretty horse, just, and you wanted you it. You wanted it. Uh, we got some cool geography. We do. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, as they're traveling out, they leave Therensward, and they find oh, on the I base have... of a mountain. It's Oh, you got something? Yeah, no, so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was Please. like, uh, so before they do that, sorry, I got really excited. Yeah. I'm. This frustrated me in this chapter. Oh, yeah? So Aragon gazed doubtfully at the bay. It was so much smaller than Saphira that for an absurd moment, he wondered if it could bear his weight. Aragon? Aragon, you've been on a horse before. <laughs> like, oh my god, that was so infuriating. And then it's like, with a sigh, he awkwardly got into the saddle. He had only ridden, yeah, there it explains it. He had only ridden uh, horses bareback and never for any distance. This isn't going to do the same thing to my legs as riding Safira, he asked. Why would riding a horse do the same thing as riding a dragon? I think the thing is, like, he, he notes, like, he does acknowledge that it's absurd for him to have this thought. I think yeah. it's him getting so used to being around Safira and that he's like, but it's so... I also think that's just, like, it's like less that, like, horses are big. Yeah. Horses are big. If yeah. you've never actually been around a horse in person, let Ho- me tell you, horses, horses are, are big. big. And... It's just kind of also be like Sophia is very big, and being around her is kind of like skewed Aragon's perception of other horses, creatures. Yeah. yeah, but also it's like oh you're on a farm, you've been on horses before, but like not a lot. And it yeah. sounds like maybe they didn't actually have a horse at the farm. Yeah, no, I don't think they probably had a mule. Yeah, probably for plowing and stuff. But like, yeah, maybe maybe they knew Aragon rode a horse briefly because someone had a horse and they're like, "Oh, hop on." Like yeah. in the village at some point in time when he was younger. Yeah. So, I, I think that like also him being like, "This isn't going to do to my legs what Safira did." Is like kind of charming because it's like Aragon's fifteen. Yeah, it's also that's reminding true. us of like his age and his like naivete, where it's like you've been thrust into this world of dragon and magic. Yep, and you're a little nervous about riding horse. Yep, I I so. agree. I but just, I also recognize how it's like you've been on. A I horse was just like Aragon. you've been on a horse like and he's been on a horse bareback. I'm like a horse would not like. I guess he's on a saddle, so I guess it, that would uh, institute some uh, worry. But I'm just like I don't yeah, buy it. It is, it is ridiculous. Like, Aragon, oh what God. is your deal? I was like, no way. It is rather silly. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, continue with uh, Utgard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you know how to say these things. The last thing I want to talk about is just like they ride past, it's like a crumbling tower. Oh, yes. In disrepair, but it was still a stern sentinel over the valley. And everyone's like, what is that? And Brom doesn't look up, but he says sadly and with bitterness, an outpost of the riders. One of the last, one that has lasted since their founding. So it, it's actually, it also just happens to be, that was where, where Varel took refuge and where, through treachery, he was found and defeated by Galbatorix. When Varel fell, this area was tainted. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, wow, how convenient that not only is there this, this like, 
Ryder outpost so close to where Aragon lives, but it's the exact same one where the last leader of the Dragon Riders was defeated and the Riders fell. Yep. I actually, like, I didn't mind just having, like, the outpost there because I think it's cool to see, like, there were still remnants of the Riders that used to yeah. spread across the continent. Absolutely. But it's when it's like, this was, this was that place. Yep. This was Mustafar. Like, what, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, no, I really like... <laughs> I really like that because it uh, uh, almost like again Aragon reacts with awe because he's like that how close it was like what you said it's so close. I yeah that's a good point. It's like, the thing is like it's so close. It's only a few days from where he lives, yep. and he had no, no idea, idea there was that this outpost was nearby and this like really important piece of history was nearby. Which yep. like actually now that we're discussing it, kind of just illustrates how it's been crushed. Yep. How, like, they don't tell stories of it anymore. Yep. Like, the, story, the only person telling stories of the writers is probably Braum. Yep. But it's not being, like, taught in any way as, like, historical or important. Like, it's pure fantasy. Even though here is literally a physical, tangible structure that is the, like, mark of the fall of the writers and the start of Galbatorix's reign. Yep. Absolutely. And everyone had no idea. It's like if you lived in Maryland and you had no idea Washington, D.C. was that close. Yep. Which, okay, I guess that's not quite. Maybe if you had no idea that the Washington Monument yeah. specifically was that close. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I think, like, it, it's because we've talked about Aragon not really understanding the weight of what has fallen on him. And I think this is mm -hmm. a really good reminder because it's like a legacy of tradition and heroism that stretched back to antiquity had fallen upon him. Mm -hmm. And I think like this is another one of those moments where he realizes just how deep he is and like what what came before him mm -hmm. and now what he will continue onward. Yeah, so. I think I do like how... That's a cool moment. The idea that, like, we're introduced to the idea that, like, writers had outposts. Yep. They were ancient. And that doubles as, like, world building and then doubles for Aragon becoming, like, fully more grasping what he is actually. Absolutely. Like, he right now just wants to avenge his uncle and kill the Razak. And it's like, but we, it, it does serve to remind us as a reader and kind of Aragon a little that, like, you will be more than that. Mm -hmm. There is more than that. Like, you don't get to just return to Palancar Valley and your farm after this era, God. Yeah. No matter how hard you want to. Like, when they leave, he he thinks, like, I will return. Like, yep. I, this is not the end of it. And it's like, yeah, maybe. But you don't get to just go back to being Aragon, yeah. the farm boy outside of Carvajal. Like, yep. that's over. Yep. You've changed mm -hmm. so much. Already, yeah. And there are things yep. that will continue to change you. And I think you're right. That is a good way to, to demonstrate the legacy that will shape his future. Yep, absolutely. And then they sword fight again. Yep. What I really like, so, like, as we're coming up to that is... Um, I related this, I related to Aragorn with this, is when Aragorn sees the planes for the first time. Ooh, hold on. Uh, that's the next chapter. No, it's, is it for yeah. you? Because for me, it's the same chapter. The planes? Yeah, well, it's a legacy of tradition. They traveled for long hours to Utgard. Then with the sun low behind their backs, they mounted a rise and saw over the trees. That's the same chapter. Oh, I have, well, thunder, because I thought about, yeah, you're right. Because I wrote, I read this chapter before we recorded the last episode, so I skimmed over it. A uh, thunder roll and lightning crackle is when They're he really thinks about the plane. Yeah, this is like the first okay. time. Yeah, it's like Aragon gasped on uh, on either side were mountains, but below them stretched a huge plane that extended to the distant horizon and fused into the sky. 
Uh, the plain was a uniform tan, like the color of dead grass. Long, wispy clouds swept by overhead, sh uh, shaped by fierce winds. And for me, it was like, I understand, like, I 100% get that because we are in a valley. Like, yeah. we grew up with mountains. And we, my family did a road trip, like, years ago. And we hit a plane. And I was like, this is so weird. It's so flat. Like, it's yeah. so flat. Like, this mm -hmm. is so weird. So it's like, I totally understood Aragon's, like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. When he uh, went over that ridge and just flatness. Yeah, it's and, just wild. And seeing, like, the just literally going to a world that's so physically different from yep. his own now and, like, how big and grand and expansive Yep, and I think, again, like, kind of going back to our earlier point, it was, like, it almost, again, it, like, you've changed, but so has everything else. Like, you are now stepping into something completely unknown. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. And you have to keep going, yeah. Yep. It's very well done. And I just don't like the sword fighting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like Safira because he asks, how do the planes look? And she goes, dull. There's nothing but rabbits and scrub in every direction. She's also like, I am a mountain dragon. <laughs> what the hell is this? Yep. You take me to the planes? Yep. Ah, so good. It's very good. But yeah, that, and then they sword fight and then the chapter. Chapter ends? Yep. I do. Aragorn's just so upset with it. He threw down the stick in disgust and stalked away from the fire to nurse his injuries. Yeah, fair, yep. fair. Yep. What is our writing takeaway for this chapter? Hmm. I think it would go back to like, I just kind of like maybe touching on to the training session, kind of, kind of what were you were going with mm -hmm. was like, if there is a moment of like training and like you can like, this is just, like, our opinion on it. Like, mm -hmm. you can write it as harsh or as gentle or whatever you like. Yeah. But I think it is really important to include moments of actual training rather yeah. than having the teacher just beat down the student. Yeah. Like, just make so, like, let me see if I can condense that. Just make your, oh, what's the word? Uh, teacher mentors? characters? Mentors. Thank you. Yeah. Um, make sure your mentors are... Uh, in training sessions are training yes they're actually effective like actually yeah. effective training and no like and again like if it's like a little bit more harsh and i think it should fit the character because brahm is a bit harsher yeah totally. and it does fit his character but again like it it how fast he came to aragon was like whoa like yeah. a sh it was a shocking moment so i think i think i would stick i would do that one yeah for me i think i like the use of landscape yes, in this chapter is very good, good. We didn't talk about, like, when they get to Theron's Ford, they, they are, like, very judgy of how the city is, like, dirty. Yeah. And also, Aragon doesn't like how it's laid out. Like, yep. things He looks around. He can't even see the, the mill where Roran will be working. Yeah, he's like, what a mess. Yeah, what a mess. And... The, the the tower, the, the the outpost, and then the planes, and just using those, like, physical spaces to, like, relay a little bit about, like, what Aragon is, like, used to. And, like, he's used to Carvajal, which is small, but laid out, and everything's yep. tidy. He's a farm. He's a farm boy. Yep. Farms are laid out, and they're supposed rose. to be tidy, and rows, and things are effective. Yep. And then, like, the... Also, like, this really grand important thing was so close and he had no idea and how much that tells the reader about the world yep. without saying it and then Aragon seeing the planes for the first yep. time and using that to like really cement this is leaving everything Aragon yep. knows like he even like had ever been to Theron's Ford but knew about it so he yep. knows about the mountains he knows it. and now we are leaving all of that behind 
And I think, like, that's an interesting point, too, because that, sorry, that just dinged yeah. in my head. Whereas he knew about Theronsford, but just outside of Theronsford, that's when he saw the crumbling yes. tower. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it's almost like his knowledge physically stopped at Theronsford. Mm-hmm. And then he just pushed a little past it. And it was like, you are now entering not just a new world, but the legacy of the dragon riders and mm-hmm. then a little bit after that he steps into the new world so yeah. i think that's almost like a double entry doorway yeah. kind of thing where it, he's stepping into these things like very quickly but it's i just i just realized no, how yeah. that went and i'm like yes I, that's a good use of um scenery and landscaping and just like um important like land uh, landmarks thank yeah. you so yes yeah i think those are good takeaways yep i agree you mentioned mentors I want to shout out um, what our amazing listener, Court Curtis Moore. He reached out to tell us about one of his geodes, which is uh, he got a piece. He got his first piece of fiction published in a zine. Very cool. It's the it's called ghostwatch.us. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we will absolutely be sharing that. Obviously, the story. Yeah. Very cool. That's very cool. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Curtis. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I said, oh, speaking of mentors, uh, Curtis also reached out because in the last uh, episode we called for favorite mentor characters. Yes. His favorite is Uncle Dap from The Once and Future King because he cares so much about Lancelot. But he's uh, so passionate about chivalry. And he's actually not much help once Lancelot becomes a knight. Definitely feel like The Once and Future King is something I need to read because you know I have a soft spot for that Arthurian nonsense. Yes, the Arthurian nonsense is very good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And then his least favorite is Red Dylan from When Legends Die. He teaches the main character a lot, but he's such a direct quote. He's also a dickweed with no real redeeming qualities. <laughs> so it sounds like there's an inverse. It's like, we didn't really teach Lancelot a lot, but we love him. He's a great guy. And this guy yeah. Yes, he was helpful, but at what cost? <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i like that it seems like not like oh the mentor was terrible it's like well i just didn't like him as a guy yeah i just didn't like him as a guy i mean fair (laughs) fair enough so awesome listeners obviously we always want to hear if you're listening it's like oh i had a thought but that episode came out ages ago i don't care yeah tell us about it i mean maybe remind us what episode it is so yeah like hey i just finished writing x or i just finished uh listening to x episode like yeah because we're just like what are you talking about i don't remember this (laughs) Uh, yes. But mostly, like, yeah, we want to hear from you. And as always, share your sparks of inspiration and yeah. your geodes with us. We Absolutely. We want to hear about what inspires you. We want to hear about what people make. Like, yep. that's so good. Yes, absolutely. It's the things that people make that inspire us. Yes, ab- it's it, inspiration. I think we've mentioned that last time. Inspiration comes from all forms. So mm-hmm. definitely feel free to share. Yeah. And as always, you can hit us up. We are on Instagram at AragonPod. Yep. And until next time, she's Lucy Hart. And she's Darian Smart. And this is Aragon. And back again. Bye.